I think there is a world out there that's just looking for integrity. It's looking for people that will be real. Amen. And be real about what they believe, what they're doing with their lives, where they're going with their lives, and just to make basic moral living. Amen. A lot of people, when they're asked, you know, do you want to go to church? How many of you have heard this comment? It says, oh, the church is full of hypocrites. Who's heard that? Yeah. And, I mean, some people say, well, I'd rather go to hell with hypocrites than... I mean, I'd rather go to heaven with hypocrites than go to hell with you. But, but it's true. In a sense, we, we have been a bad witness as Christians. We do not live the lifestyle that we should. And it's up to us to lift this standard. And this particular lady... We had about three sessions with this couple, three times where we just kept just, you know, bridging gaps and just being ourselves and just loving on them. And after three sessions, this lady, when she was leaving, she gave me the biggest hug, tears in her eyes, rubbed my back and just said, this has been so amazing talking to you, Julie. I just have loved talking to you. And I thought, wow, God, you're amazing. You know what I mean? Like she'd seen something of integrity in me and in Phil that we didn't just talk stuff. We walked it and we lived it and we loved her and we cared about her and we dignified her in Jesus' name. Amen. See, people out there, the normal Joe Blow out there, They want something from us other than normal. They don't want you to be normal. When you say you're a Christian, they have an expectation that you are a little bit more than normal. That you would actually live a decent life, that you would actually be a kind and good person. And the expectation they have should be right because Jesus is our model and he was exactly like that. Amen. Proverbs 11.3, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Sometimes in church life, we see people that have duplicity. They come to church, they go to connect group, they put on the facade of living the life of They know the language, they know what to say, what to do, they know how to lift their hands. But in their heart of hearts, when they're with other people, they don't have a standard that they live by that would actually show those people that they are any different to what they are. Amen? And people are looking for different. People are looking for people who are integral in what they say is what they'll do. James 1.8 in the King James Version says this, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So if, you're, if you have duplicity in your integrity, that means that every part of your life is going to be unstable. How many people have known someone who, who seemed like a really, really nice person and then they lie to you or you find out that they weren't quite honest? Or they make a promise to you and they don't come through with it. And then you change your whole view about their whole personality, about their whole life, because their integrity was not there. And people in the world, 
out there who are not Christians, they have an expectation of integrity as well amongst themselves. How much more would they expect integrity from us who are representing and representing Jesus Christ, the author of integrity on the earth? Amen. Psalm 78, 72 says this, And David shepherded them with integrity of heart, with skillful hands. He led them. We're all shepherds over somebody. You say, well, you know, pastor, I'm, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a leader. I'm just a normal person. But you know that you influence people somewhere in your life. You are influencing people and people are watching you. And because you're a Christian, you're actually called to shepherd people towards Jesus. Amen. Lost sheep, sheep, sheep without, without a, a master, sheep that are lost and looking for a way home. And you're called to do that. And how do we do that? David did it. It says, David shepherded them with integrity of heart. You see, a lot of people think, if I just had the anointing, if I could lay hands on the sick and they would recover, if I could walk through the streets and people be healed by my shadow, then people would listen to me and people would follow me and I could shepherd people. But you see, it doesn't say that, Jesus, that, that David shepherded people there. It doesn't say that he shepherded them with his anointing, although David was an anointed leader. Amen. But it said he shepherded them with the integrity of his heart. Amen. And you see, if we have integrity, then there's a place where the anointing can rest. The anointing finds a place of peace on an integral heart. The anointing finds a place where God says, I will not share my glory with another. God is not double-minded. God is not, um, God is not false. He doesn't tell lies. And therefore, when we're integral, this anointing of God can rest on that place. And it says here in um, Psalm 41.12, Because of my integrity, you uphold me and set me in your presence forever. There's a place when you know you ride in your heart before God. I mean, you might be able to fake it with people. You may, may be able to pretend that everything's okay with people. But when you come face to face with God in the anointing, you, there's nowhere to hide. I love that my presence, the presence promo, and it said, uh, put your face towards the sunshine. And when you put your face towards God, it's like the sun shines on you and the light of God shines on you and there's nowhere to hide. And it's not like God, when he looks down upon us and sees our sin that he's judging us, He's not the cruel father that would point the finger and say, oh, I told you so. But when he looks down upon us and he sees that we are sinners, his grace covers us so that we can ask for forgiveness and we can walk in integrity another day. Amen. And I would encourage you, keep coming under. Keep coming into the anointing. Let the light of his grace shine upon you. Never be ashamed of coming before your father. 
And then let him adjust the integrity of your heart and bring purity and cleansing because that's what he does best. Amen. How do we measure integrity? You know, a lot of people and a lot of Christians, when they try and measure a standard, they measure a standard by that if I'm a little bit better than the world or if I'm a little bit better than the non-Christians, then I'm doing okay and I have a standard. And so back in my grandparents' days, where honor and integrity and those sort of things were very, very important. They were very, you know, it's very high in those things. Everybody did that. And so for the Christians, they just had to be a little bit better than that and they were okay. And then, But then as the world disintegrates, where does that leave us? As mankind disintegrates and becomes less and less like God as time goes on, And yet we're supposed to be coming more and more like God, changing from glory to glory into the image of his precious son. Where does that leave us if we just measure our standard by the world? You see? So I just, you know, the world lies, 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 lies in everything. So if I just tell a white lie, then aren't I better than the world? You see, but we don't judge our standards according to the world. God never told us to do that. We judge our standards according to the word of God, according to the life of Jesus Christ. He is our role model. The word of God is, is, the, is the lamp unto our feet and the map for our lives and the guide. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us and tells us how to live. And so we, we judge ourselves, our standards according to the word of God, according to the lifestyle of Jesus Christ, and according to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And as far as I'm concerned, if the world is down here and it's getting worse and worse, I want to be up here. I want to be so far up that I can reach down and drag them out of somewhere, not be so close to falling in myself that if they tug me, I just topple in with them. I want to be a light. Amen. What about you? I want to be integral in my heart towards man and towards God. I want to be pure. I want to be like Jesus. Amen. No hidden things. I was looking at Job, a man of integrity. And here is Job. He's a very well-off man. He has family. He has a wife. He has livestock, he's well respected, he's a very godly man, he's very integral. And there comes this day where Satan comes before God and God says this in Job 2.3, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil And he still maintains his integrity. Though you enticed me against him to ruin him without reason. And and what had happened was Satan had come before God and said, let me test this man. I bet you that he will curse you. I bet you, God, that he will curse you if I test him out. 
And God allowed this testing to happen. He allowed these things to come upon Job. Job lost absolutely everything. He was sick. He was, he was a mess. Everyone was pointing fingers at him. All his friends were pointing fingers at him and saying, you must have sinned because God is cursing you. And he's saying, I haven't sinned. I don't know what I've done wrong. I don't know what's happening. But yet I will praise God. And he says in this, this scripture here, in Job 27.5, he says, I will never admit you are in the right till I die. I will not deny my integrity. He was so sure of the integrity of his own heart that even when all else failed, he could stand before God and God knew his heart and he knew that God knew his heart. There'll be times when people desert you, when people walk away from you, when people hurt you. There'll be times when your own friends point fingers at you. There'll be times when your own family don't understand you. But if you're integral in your own heart and you stay integral and you don't say, I have a right to lie, steal, cheat, swear, curse, judge. I have a right because of the way they've treated me. He never did that. He stayed integral in his own heart and he said that I will not ever deny my integrity. Amen. And in the Message Bible, it says this, same scripture, I am holding fast to my integrity and not loosening my grip. And believe me, I'll never regret it. It's awesome, isn't it? Young people, older people, young women tonight, are you holding tight to your integrity? and not loosening your grip because I promise you that you will never, ever regret it. Job's own wife came to him maddened by all that had happened. And she says in Job 2.9, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. Circumstances People and the world around us may change. But if you keep your integrity, you'll stand on the rock of Jesus Christ in the midst of any storm. Amen. Amen. This is a quote here that says, There are too many people who think that the only thing that is right is to get by. And the only thing that's wrong is when you get caught. But you see, integrity is doing the right thing, even when no one's watching. You know, I look at my husband now, and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, after 26 years of living with this amazing man, that he is the most integral man that I've ever met in my life. And that just didn't happen overnight. When we were first married, he used to astound me and embarrass me at times. If someone gave him too much change at a shop, even if it was 50 cents, and he walked out of the shop, he would look at it, he would go back in. You gave me 50 cents too much. He couldn't live with himself 
if he walked out of that place with that 50 cents. I've seen him come home from the shop with a can of baked beans in the, in the, in the, you know, it's in, out of the shop. He's got the trolley. He's put the stuff in there with the bags and there's a can of baked beans still in the trolley that he didn't pay for. And he goes all the way back down. He shows the lady the donkey. He said, I didn't pay for these baked beans. She says, I can't believe that. What are you? I'm a Christian. And I have to stay true to my own heart. Even in the littlest things, that's where, that's where you learn to be integral. The small things. Luke said it before, if God can trust you with little, he'll trust you with much. Because my husband was trustworthy with little things and God watched him, he said, oh, I'll trust you with much. I'll trust you with building a house. I'll trust you with millions of dollars because you took 50 cents back and you're integral. Amen. 2 Corinthians 1.12 says this, Now this is our boast. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially in our relations with you with integrity and godly sincerity. We have done so relying not on worldly wisdom but on God's grace. I ask you this question right now. How do you conduct yourself in the world? Businessmen, how do you do business? Do you just trick the tax man a little because everybody else does? Or do you stay integral? Do you tweet the books? Do you tell white lies to get deals? Or you're integral in your business affairs? Worker, how do you work? Do you give 100% of who you are to your boss, even if he's a rat bag? I know people that do. You will always have souls in your life that will test the David heart out in you. They're good for you. They buffer you. They make you come up squeaky clean. They test you. But at the end of the day, if you keep your integrity, you'll be spoken well of. School student, are you integral to your teachers? Do you cheat? When you hand schoolwork in, do you lie about it because mum did it? There was this story of a man, and he was a carpenter. He was a good carpenter. All his life, he was the best carpenter. He was a perfectionist. He built houses to perfection. He took pride in his work. And people would just be astounded at his perfection. His boss thought he was the best worker ever. And he was just so proud of his work. And when this man had reached an age of retirement, he came to his boss and he said, I think it's time for me to retire. I think I've built my last house. And the boss said to him, will you do me one favor? Anything, I'll do anything for you. And he said, will you build me one more house before you retire? Just one more. And he didn't really want to do it. He'd set his heart on retiring. But he went, all right, I'll do it. And he built this house 
in the most scrappy way. He threw it together because he wanted to finish it quickly. He made all he cut all kinds of corners. He knew it wasn't even safe to live in, but he just wanted to get to his retirement plan. And he compromised his integrity on his last house after a lifetime of integral building. And the owner, the, the, the boss came, the foreman, and he said, you finished the house, record time, well done. And he said, yes, I have, now I can retire. And the boss took the keys to the house, put them in the hands of the carpenter and said, that's a gift from me, you've just built your own house to retire in. Caught out. What kind of house are you building? What kind of house are you building to retire in? What kind of work ethics do you have? What does your boss say about you? What does your teachers say about you? What do your parents say about you? What do your friends say about you? Can they honestly say, I trust him. He's integral. I have faith in her. She's never told me a lie. And it says in here, we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially in our relations with you, with integrity. And I ask you, how do you conduct yourself in relationships? Are you integral? When I was growing up, there was someone in my life who was very, very awful to me. And it damaged me. And one day, as I grew up, I went to seek counsel. And the, and the greatest counsel this person could come up with was this. Oh, people always hurt the ones they love most. Well, I didn't feel real loved. i tell you that right now. And I say no, no, no. The ones we love most should be the ones we're most integral with. The ones we love most should be the ones that we set an example for. Husbands should be setting examples for wives. Wives should be setting examples for husbands. We need to be trustworthy in relationships. If it's your best friend, you don't have a right to pay out on them because you're, you feel you're free enough to let your flesh hang out and spew your mouth out all over them. If they're your friend and you're a Christian, then you treat them with integrity and love and honor. And the people we love most, lift them up. Parents, there are children right now watching you when you're on the phone saying that white lie to get a deal through. Has anyone ever asked you, a friend, come to you and said, look, I've got to share something with you, but this is really, really close to my heart and I'm afraid to share it with anybody. But I'm asking you, if I share this with you, will you not tell a soul? This is so private to me. And you say, yeah, you share it with me. It's safe with me, mate. And then you can't wait till that person leaves and you get on the phone and say, guess what? How many people have been hurt in relationships because we just can't be trusted 
with another person's secrets, with another person's heart. I'm asking you tonight to rise up in integrity and be trustworthy people. Be lights in the darkness. Be people that keep your word. If you say you're going to do something for somebody, do it. With a smile. On time. Amen. Be integral. Be integral. Be integral. Be integral. 1 Chronicles 29.17 says, I know my God that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. God loves it when his people are integral. Amen. Mark 12, 14. They came to him. This is Jesus. They came to Jesus and they said, Teacher, we know that you're a man of integrity. Let me say this to you. Integrity costs us. We may not get that business deal. We may not get that job. We may not pass that exam. Amen? We may not impress that friend if we don't talk ourselves up. But at the end of the day, integrity pays dividends. And even though you don't get the job, you'll get a better one. The scriptures say that the second half of Job's life was far greater. Was it a hundred times better? Hundred, huh? Double. He received back double of everything that he lost. And I think it says that his life was a hundred times better than his life was before. It pays dividends. Jesus Christ is our greatest model of integrity. And Jesus had to make choices and decisions. Amen. Just like us. Every day he had to choose. Yes, he was God, but he was man. And every day he had to choose. And it says this in Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet was without sin. Jesus chose every day to be integral to his Father, to be integral to the call of God on his life and the mission that he was on the earth to do. And the dividends that were received by Jesus' integrity was the salvation of the world. Friends, what are the dividends that can come out of your integrity? If we make a choice as Christians in this church this year to be true lights to a dark world and to walk in utmost integrity. This is a poem by Roger Kipling, and I'll just have the worship team come up. Thanks. And many of you would have heard this poem, but in light of what I've said, think about it.
If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies or being hated, don't give way to hating and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same and treat And if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools, if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it all on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss, if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone. And so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you but none too much, if you can feel the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run. Yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Let's stand to our feet. Father, tonight we commit to you these hearts that desire to be integral with you. And Father, we ask right now, right across this room, that you would wash us clean as we come before you, Father, and we say sorry. Come on, just right now, just come before him. Those little white lies, those little things, those things that you've done, those things that as I was speaking, you went, oh, yeah, that, that's the Holy Spirit. They just begin to speak to him. God, we just give it to you. We give it to you. We give it to you. We give it to you, Lord, and all that is in it. Jesus, let your blood wash us clean.